Kids open gym on Tuesdays and Thursday from uh, 10 till noon here in the gym. So if you'd like to bring your kids up and let them play for a little while, we'd love to uh, entertain them with some dodgeball or basketball or uh, some floor hockey. So we definitely enjoyed that this last week with them. Uh, the next thing that we've got coming up this summer is our uh, family camp out. And that's the last weekend of July, July 27th through the 29th at Cotopaxi. And you guys can make your own reservations to be there. And uh, it's, it's going to be a fun weekend. I've got a couple of devotions planned. But other than that, it's just a weekend to relax and enjoy some fellowship time uh, with the other people that are there. The next thing that we have coming up is VBS, Shipwrecked, and Miss Sarah Troxel is looking for volunteers for that. So if you'd like to volunteer, she's got a table out under the hammock in the back. Uh, that's going to be August the 6th through the 10th, and we would love to have this place filled with kids learning about Jesus Christ and who He is in their life. So be spreading the word, telling people, uh, out in the community about that so that we can get this this church filled for Christ. Um, and finally, this Friday, uh, Cyril Smith has asked me to make an announcement that if you are a conceal and carry holder, uh, that you would come on Friday and meet with him. Um, or I'm sorry, on Saturday, June 30th, if you would come at 9 a.m. and meet down in the chapel for just a little while, so that he can talk with you guys, that would be great. If you will stand and greet those around you, we'll get into worship this morning. Am I on here? Okay. Good morning. You may be seated. I know. You were all ready to worship together, and I am messing you up. I'm so sorry. My name is Keith Metcalf. I'm the executive director at Golden Bell Camp and Conference Center. Hey, if you work at Golden Bell or volunteer at Golden Bell, would you stand? I just want to recognize you this morning. This is all of our staff that's here. Thank you so much. Awesome. It is an honor and a privilege to be with you guys this morning because this is our home church. We love being here and being a part of Woodland Life Center. And uh, so we're grateful to be at home this morning. For a change, uh, I, unfortunately, I don't get here as often as I'd like to. But uh, we are happy to be with you this morning. You know, as I began praying about our camp season earlier in the spring, um, I felt like God was challenging me to pray for 500 
to make a decision for Christ at camp this year. And uh, I told our staff about that, and I think they thought I was crazy, but um, I told the staff about that, but they quickly started praying. And um, we just feel so good about the work that we're doing that will impact the lives of children and youth um, as they come to camp. So, you know, things just happen at camp that just don't happen at other places. And so we're so thankful for our camp. And um, to date, so far this year, we have 192 that have made a decision for Christ. And uh, we're just getting started. We're praising God for his faithfulness for that. Um, we continue to, to do our best with the, uh, with the funds that we receive to be good stewards. We've done a ton of work. Um, Pastor Mark will be uh, preaching this morning, but he's also our facilities director at the camp and uh, our camp chaplain and um, does a great, great job with, the, with the, uh, the maintenance part and deferred maintenance and all those things. So we're trying to get caught up. And um, we have, uh, have graciously been giving a matching grant of up to $100,000 this year. And so we are trying to raise the $100,000, which would easily be turned into 200000 And so we're praying for that um, as God continues to bless, uh, bless Golden Bellevue. As a means to get to that goal, uh, I know many of you golf. Um, and so we are going to have a golf tournament right here at the golf course in Woodland Park, August the 20th. And if you'd like to be a part of that, we would love to have you come and be a part um, in, that, in that tournament. Um, so if you don't golf, but you know friends that do or uh, neighbors that do, we would love to have them. They can just get in touch with us. I believe the email is golf at goldenbellrocks.com, and they can just send us a note, let us know they'd like to play, and uh, that would be great. So we're limited to 125 players. We'd love to have 125. That would be awesome. So um, thank you so much for the opportunity to worship with you today. Um, this is our worship band, all except for the drummer and, and the bass player. Oh, I didn't see you back there. I see you were hiding behind him. So uh, these are all of our Golden Bell uh, band and musicians, so we're thrilled to have them lead us in worship today. Thank you. All right, y'all. If you'll stand, we'll begin worship.
is not heard. Their voice goes out into all the earth, the words to the ends of the world.
spend a moment uh, in prayer, and then uh, shortly we're going to be receiving communion here, and we'll give you some instruction on that. But if you would, bow your heads with me, please. <clears throat> Father, we humble ourselves before you. We thank you, Father, for the emotion of adoration, the uplifting of our spirits together, uh, declaring our love our praise, our worship of you. Uh, Father, you are good, good. 
and we thank you for the things, the good things that you have done in our lives. We thank you for these moments of worship. Father, we want to receive, but we also want to offer up to you. In these moments, we want to offer up. We want you to know that we love you. We want you to know that we honor you. We want you to know that we have dedicated our lives to you. We want you to know that we realize that we worship the creator of the universe. And so, Father, we give this all to you. Receive our worship today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. In just a few moments, we're going to receive communion. If we could have the lights up, please. We'll give you just a little instruction. And in three points in this sanctuary, there will be um, people holding elements. They will be holding Aaron, your signal, your signal has been received. <laughs> Before we receive communion, we're going to do a secondary, less important thing, but still critical and essential. We're going to receive an offering. So if you would prepare your offering, and uh, Jake was going to say a word, but since I'm here and I'm mic'd, I'm just going to say it. If you would like to give towards the Golden Bell Matching Grant, you can write that on the corner of your check. You can put it in an envelope. You can do whatever you need to do and uh, just say Golden Bell. And when you give that, just know that it will be doubled um, and the benefit will, will be uh, twice as much. And I, I, I pastored, I was senior pastor for 26 years, youth pastor uh, for several years before that. And uh, I just want you to know that what happens at Golden Bell is church ministry on steroids. It is crazy. It is crazy what happens, the decisions that are made. It is also crazy the needs and the and the outpouring of energy for for God to bless that and so um, if you would like to give towards the the golden bell matching grant uh, please write that on the on the corners uh, of your check and uh, we've got some uh, ushers ready to receive uh, today's offering if they would come forward if you would prepare your tithes your offerings your love gifts we will receive that. Noah. Noah's going to come and pray for us real quick. And we will pass the plates. Come, Noah, step right up there. just a little piece of what you've given us. 
And so I pray as we do that today, that it would be another act of worship, um, that it would be pleasing in your sight. God, we just thank you for your presence here today. And I pray that you would take our offering and bless it and multiply it far more than we could imagine. In your name I pray. something very special, something very sacred in the life of the church, and that is receiving the elements of communion. Uh, there are some who would come at this point in time and, and prepare the elements. Um, we are going to, to facilitate this uh, in, a, uh, in a special way. We're going to have you wherever you're seated. Um, there will be elements in the center and on either of these inside aisles. And uh, if you would make your way to the closest uh, place where you might receive uh, the bread and the juice um, and then make your way around the outside back to your seat. And please, if you would, uh, everyone hold the elements um, until all have been served and we will receive them together. But I want us to take a few moments because it's important that we... That we examine our hearts, that we humble ourselves and spend a few moments in silent prayer. So I'm going to encourage you right now to bow your heads and uh, speak to the Lord about what is on your heart and make sure that uh, within, within you everything is right before you do this sacred thing. So as the music plays quietly, bow your heads and pray.
Father, we look within. And we see what is there that should not be there. We confess it. We repent of it. We ask for strength to overcome it. And we march into a new day loving you. And so, Father, in these moments, we humble ourselves and come. In receiving these elements, we remember that Jesus died for us. That he offered up his body and his blood as a sacrifice to take away our sin to make us ready for eternity we don't do this lightly we don't do this without serious thought but Father we do it gratefully knowing that it the evidence of grace poured out for us. So, Father, we're going to come. We're going to receive. We're going to remember. We're going to dedicate ourselves to seeking after you every day. This we pray in Jesus' name. If you love the Lord and want to receive the elements of communion today, go ahead and stand up. Make your way to the front of one of these three stations. Take a cup of juice and a piece of bread. Make your way towards the outside, back to your seats. Maybe today you want to love the Lord. Maybe this is a special day for you and you've never said yes to him, but you want to, you can come and receive these elements. And in partaking of these elements, you can make a confession of faith. And you can say in receiving these elements that Jesus is now my Lord and Savior. The elements can be a statement of faith. I love the Lord Jesus. He is my Lord and Savior. Or they can be a means of grace. I want to love the Lord Jesus. I want Him to be my Lord and Savior. Receive the elements. Make your way back to your seat may be seated at that time and we will read the scriptures and we will share the elements together remembering that God loves us so much that he sent his son Jesus to die for us what an incredible thought that I was worth was worth that I was worth the sacrifice of the Son of God 
That's how much he loves us, each and every one. It's not just words on a page. When scripture says, for God so loved the world, not just words on a page, it's truth, it's reality, and it's demonstrated in extreme sacrifice. When you receive these elements today, you are saying that Jesus died for me. He offered himself up for my sin. He bled that I might be washed clean. He died that I might be forgiven. It's a sobering thought to know that your sin cost the Lamb of God his life. scriptures say the Lord Jesus on the night he was betrayed took bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said this is my body which is for you do this in remembrance of me same way after supper he took the cup saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me for whenever you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes Father, together we have remembered that your son Jesus died for us, that he sacrificed himself that we might live, and it gives us great comfort and joy, but it also sobers us up to the truth that our sin is real and it must be paid for. Father, I want to rejoice in the one that maybe prayed as they received these elements to ask Jesus into their life for the first time. Bless that one. Help them to stand in confidence knowing that you love them and that the death of Jesus was for them also.
Father, thank you for these precious, precious moments. In Jesus' name we pray this. Amen. 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 I should have brought this with me the first time. Well, Keith mentioned earlier that my name is Mark, that I am uh, facilities director at Golden Bell, um, and I am also the chaplain. I have uh, uh, years of pastoral ministry, uh, youth pastor, senior pastor, and uh, now <clears throat> chaplain totaling um, about 30 years. Um, I was very I was very uh, pleased this, this morning when I brought the summer staffers up, um, listening to them talk in the, in the back seat. One of them was talking about their father, who was um, an, an old, old man, much older than I was. Uh, they said he was, what, 55? Is that right? And I'll be 57 this year. So uh, uh, maybe I come across um, a little younger than I am. I hope so, um, but uh, my story uh, is an old one. I wanted to share with you a little bit of that story. Uh, I was born and raised Catholic, and so I was intrigued to hear some of the uh, Catholic talk in the, in the uh, van as well this morning. Um, I just sat quiet and listened and let them talk. Uh, if, if you want to know some other things, ask me later, Aaron. But uh, it, it uh, was interesting. My, my journey into Christian service, though, began in 1980. In the summer of 1980, in a Nazarene church in Tillamook, Oregon, I learned that God wanted to do something for me. Um, I was born and raised in the Catholic Church, like I said, and, and in the Catholic Church, it was all about the church. The church was salvation. The church was life. The church was um, what uh, I was supposed to grab a hold of. Uh, the Nazarene Church talked to me about the Lord Jesus, and I learned in those days that God wanted to do something for me. He wanted to wash my sins away. He wanted to make me a new creation. He wanted to forgive me. He wanted to save me. He wanted to change me. He wanted to do something for me. And so I stepped out on faith. And if any of you have heard a portion of my story, it was in the night at a three-day camping retreat in the back of a Ford pickup truck on an air mattress that had lost all of its air, I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart. God did something for me. And my life was forever changed. 
It was about three years later. That was the summer of 1980. In the fall of 1983, I learned something else. I learned that God wanted to do something with me. 1980, he wanted to do something for me, wash my sins away. In, in the fall of 83, I learned that he wanted to do something with me. He wanted to save me, first of all, but then he wanted to take my life and do something with it. And I went down to the altar in that church in Tillamook, Oregon, on a Sunday evening, and with the men of the church gathered around me, hands on my back, I prayed a prayer of sanctification. I said, I said, Lord, you can have all of me. All of me. You can do whatever you want with me. You can make me into the best layman that, that there is out there. I don't know what my life what direction my life is headed for, but you can have all of me. Um, he took me up on it. I gave my life to him. My future. I was sanctified. It took me a little while to figure out that uh, he was calling me into the ministry. Strange. And God does have a sense of humor. But that's what he did. In those moments, I began my life of Christian service. Christian service is basically this. Doing whatever the Lord wants you to do. Whatever the Lord wants you to do, do it. That's Christian service. Live a life of Christian service, doing whatever the Lord wants you to do. In those early days, I was saved, I was changed, and I had, to, I had to grow, I had to learn, I had to sit at the feet of Jesus and soak some things in. Sit and soak. That's what I had to do early on. But then I learned that God wanted to do something with me. He wanted me to, 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 to go out and do his will. He wanted me to go and do Christian service. Christian service can be teaching the Bible. It can be serving children and teens. It can be uh, traveling to a foreign country and building a, a church or a parsonage. It can be talking to my neighbor. It can be preaching the word. It can be visiting the sick and the homeless. Just on the side right here, I just want to say that I have a, I have a heart for, for nursing homes. And for about 25 years, I preached in a nursing home and I visited it every, every Wednesday and served communion. If ever... If ever there was a mission field, that is one. The, the loneliness that you will encounter there and the joy that you will bring just by showing up. Christian service. Go and do.
Christian service can be supporting your church financially. Pastor wants to hear that. And not all the people do, but the pastor does. Christian service can be donating your summer to the Lord and working at a place like Golden Bell. Now, I want to talk to you this morning about Christian service. And I want to talk to you about some things that I think are the truth. And I want to do it using a very uh, common, um, a very uh, well-known biblical story. I want to go to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 6. And uh, the story is the the feeding of the 5,000. And I want to share that with you. And then I want to talk about the story itself in a, in a surface level. But then I want to dig deeper into some, some truths about Christian service. Some of you uh, may be involved in Christian service now. You know it. It costs you time. It costs you money. It costs you energy. You lose sleep over it. You know it if you're involved in Christian ministry. And Christian service, um, there's some truths I want you to learn about that today. But I want to read for you the story. From uh, Mark chapter 6, verse 30. Jesus feeds the 5,000. The apostles gathered around Jesus and reported to him all they had done and taught. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. So they went away by themselves in a boat to a solitary place. But many who saw them leaving recognized them and ran on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. When Jesus landed and saw a large crowd... He had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. So he began teaching them many things. By, the time, by this time, it was late in the day. So his disciples came to him. This is a remote place, they said, and it's already very late. Send the people away so that they can go to the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. But Jesus answered, you give them something to eat. They said to him, that would take more than half a year's wages. Are we to go and spend that much on bread and give it to them to eat? How many loaves do you have, he asked. Go and see. When they found out, they said, five and two fish. Then Jesus directed them to have all the people sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in groups of hundreds and fifties. Taking the loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven, he gave thanks, broke the loaves. Then he gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. He also divided the two fish among them all. They all ate and were satisfied. 
And the disciples picked up 12 basketfuls. of broken pieces of bread and fish. The number of men who had eaten was 5,000. Father, I pray that you would help us to learn from these verses, help us to see the Sunday school story, help us to grab a hold of that, but then, Father, help us to dig a little bit deeper. Help us to learn some truths about Christian service. I pray in Jesus' name, amen. Sunday school story, the lesson. Every child needs to know this story. Every child needs to learn the, the, the Bible, um, the stories of Bible, the stories of the gospel, the stories of the Old Testament. The, the, the stories, um, they're so rich and they hold so much truth. You've got to get the stories into your mind and then you've got to dig the truths out and get them into your heart and change your behavior because of the truth. This story is a beautiful one. It's the story about, about Jesus and, and, and the 5,000. Jesus was with his disciples and, and they had just been busy. And, and he says, let's go to a quiet place so we can rest. Get a little R&R. But the crowds were desperate and they followed. So that when they got to where they were going, the crowds were already there. Did they get their R&R? Jesus, we are told, had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. He did not turn them away. Instead, he offered up to them words of life. Jesus once asked his disciples, will you leave me also? And Peter said, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. Well, he spent the day teaching, and, and, and towards the end of the night, it, it was getting late, and people were hungry. It was very remote. 5,000 men plus women and children and the disciples and all of them. The disciples said, send them away. Let's take care of, let them take care of their own needs. Jesus said, you feed them. You feed them. Well, Jesus, that would take eight months worth of wages. We don't have that kind of money, so just send them away. Jesus said, what do you have? What do you have? Five, well, they searched. They, they found a little boy, and he had five barley loaves and two small fish. Jesus, the miracle worker, took that, blessed it, broke it, and fed everybody. That's the beautiful Sunday school story, all right? That's the one that the children need to hear and learn and know. That's the one that you need to have in your heart so that then you can dissect it and pull the truth out. And I want us to do a little bit of, about that today. And I want to talk specifically about Christian service. Anything that you do for the Lord and the church... This is the first truth. At the end of much labor and sacrifice lies more labor and sacrifice. 
Isn't that wonderful to hear? Isn't that great to know? That when you have given it all, you got to turn around and give some more. At the end of much labor and sacrifice lies more labor and sacrifice. The disciples in this story, Jesus in, 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 the, in the chapter previous, Jesus had sent the disciples out. He said, go into the towns and the villages, preach, heal, cast out demons, do things in my name. If you have opposition, shake the dust off of your sandals. Go, do works of ministry, Christian service. Disciples, go. They did. They did all of that. They spent all their time and energy, and they come back to Jesus, and they report to him the, the miracles that they worked, the, the people that received the message, the ones that, that despised them and shut the door in their face. He told, they, they told Jesus all of that. And he said, wow, you guys have worked hard. Come, let's go to a quiet place together. There was another reason because they had just learned that John the Baptist had been beheaded. But they wanted to go someplace quiet. You've just worked yourselves to the bones. Let's go and rest. And they did. They traveled. But when they got to where they were going, the crowds were already there waiting for them. And so rather than getting rest and peace, they had to solve problems and put on aprons and wait on people. At the end of much labor and sacrifice lies more labor and sacrifice. That's the scriptural truth about Christian service. It never ends. We don't take vacations from it. We don't come to the end of it. Jesus spent a lot of time making sure that people counted the cost of following him. You won't follow Jesus lightly. He said things like this, if any man would come after me, he must deny himself, take up his cross, and follow me. He said things like this, Foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. If you're serious about learning what God wants to do with you, you got to count the cost. You got to know that it's going to be a real commitment. When I signed up at that altar, I knew it was real business. And the commitment that I made, I meant. Count the cost. At the end of much labor and sacrifice lies more labor and sacrifice. Here's another truth about Christian service. I've called it the principle of deferred reward. The principle of deferred reward. 
there are some out there who would tell you, just come to Jesus. He'll give you everything you want. Everything you ever wanted. Straight from the hand of Jesus. All you got to do is come to him. Healthy, wealthy, happy, name it, claim it. All you got to do is come to him. He'll give you everything you want. That really bothers me. Because as a minister, I know that there are people out there who don't want Jesus. They just want what Jesus will give them. I know there are people out there who, who only make a commitment, only, only say the words, hoping to get a great big Easter basket. That's not the biblical picture. The biblical picture is one of deferred reward. How many of the disciples lived a life of wealth and ease. None of them. None of them did. Forget Judas in this, in this story where we're at in Scripture. All of the others died for their faith. John died in prison. The others were martyred. They were killed for their faith. That doesn't sound like Jesus handing out Easter baskets to me. Deferred reward. Jesus promised his disciples in Matthew 19, Truly I tell you, at the renewal of all things, when the Son of Man sits on his glorious throne, you who have followed me will also sit on twelve thrones, judging the twelve tribes of Israel. You will be rewarded at another time. On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said, Do not store up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust and vermin destroy, thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourselves instead treasures in heaven. I'm not hearing any amens. <laughs> you didn't want to hear this, did you? I, I, I've, I've never in my preaching tried to pound an agenda, but I've always tried to look at the truth and be real about it. God calls us to Christian service. He calls us to give ourselves to others in ministry. He doesn't tell us it'll be easy, but it will have eternal rewards. Here's another truth about Christian service. Ministry doesn't wait for a convenient time. I said a little bit earlier that, that one of the reasons they went off to a quiet place to get away was because they were tired. The other reason was because um, 
Jesus had just learned that John the Baptist had been beheaded. And that was, that was important news to them. Someone important in the movement had just lost their life. Does not wait for a convenient time. They loaded up. They went to a quiet place to get some rest and to, and to, and to think about what had happened and, 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 and to grieve. But the, the, the needs, the crowd followed them. Ministry must follow need, and need is spontaneous. If you've been in Christian ministry, if you've ever been a pastor, you'll understand these words. The rest of you might understand the sentiment, or you might think badly of me, but I'm going to say it anyway. If you've been in, in pastoral ministry... You may never have said it with your mouth, but you probably thought it in your mind. Why did they have to die today? I've got so much to do. Christian service ministry does not wait for a convenient time. Ministry must follow need, and need is spontaneous. Here's another truth. It is simply this, you see the need, you meet the need. In pastoral ministry, I don't know how many times someone came to me and said, Pastor, uh, uh, there's something going on, uh, we need to do something about it, and this is what you need to do. Jesus' reply to that was, you feed them. You feed them. If you see the need, God has put a sensitivity inside of you to, to recognize what's going on, what the need is, and, and God will lead you in helping to meet that need. You see the need, you meet the need. Here's another truth about Christian service. Excuses, excuses. Jesus said, you feed them. They said, well, eight months. It's getting late, Jesus. Send them away. Eight months worth of, worth of money it would take for us to feed all these people. Excuses, excuses. The Bible is filled with stories of excuses. Adam said it was the woman. Eve said it was the serpent. Moses said, I don't speak well. Jeremiah said, I'm only a youth. Gideon said, my clan is the weakest and I'm the least in my father's house. Potential followers of Jesus said, let me say farewell to those at home and then I'll follow you. The disciples said, we just don't have enough money. I think still today, God gets more excuses than he does action. Well, I'm, I, I, I'm just not at that point yet in my maturity. I'm just not quite ready to step out and do this. I'm, I, there's there's got to be someone else 
better, more equipped. There's got to be someone. I, I, yeah. God would rather you did something poorly than nothing at all. Do I need to say that again? God would rather you did something poorly than nothing at all. You know the the little song? Little is much when God is in it. You know that song, right? What if you do nothing at all? What can he do with nothing? If you do your bit, trust him to bless? You can accomplish something. I think some people use that song as an excuse. Okay, little is much when God is in it. So, so what that means is, is you give a little and God can do a lot with it. So, so I'm just going to give a little of my time, a little of my money, a little of my devotion, a little of my energy, and God can do a lot with it, right? Here's the last thing I want you to learn about Christian service. God never asks for what we don't already have. But sometimes he asks for all we have. God never asks for what we don't already have. Do you remember the story of the Exodus? Do you remember how God called his people out of, out of Egypt and sent them out into the wilderness and then he had them build this extravagant tabernacle? you remember that story? you remember the things that they needed for that tabernacle? Things like gold, silver, precious gems, sea cow hides. God said, okay, go out and build this tabernacle. These are, these are, these are the, the, the specifications. By the way, I need all these things for it. Do you remember where they just came from? Slavery in Egypt? Where are a bunch of slaves wandering in the wilderness going to get sea cow hides? Well, if you remember the story, after the plagues, God made the Egyptians favorable towards the Jews, the nation of Israel. So that when the nation of Israel left Egypt, the, the Egyptians came up to him and said, Hi, I'm glad you're leaving. I didn't like those plagues. Here, take my gold. Here, take my jewels. Take my silver. By the way, my neighbor has got a whole bunch of sea cow hides in his shed. Take those with you also. God asked for them in the wilderness, but he provided them already. When God comes to you and asks you for something... In the, in, the, in the process of your Christian service, he's already supplied it to you. He's already given it to you. He will never ask you for something he hasn't already supplied. 
but he may ask for all you have. Little little boy brought his brought his lunch. Somebody thought ahead. Someone was on the ball. Some mom packed a little bag with a note, said, I love you. Sent him off. And he gave it all. He gave it all. You know that it's never large gifts that are recognized in the Bible. It's always large sacrifices. The little boy with his, with his loaves and fish. The widow with two copper coins. The woman with a jar of perfume. It's not large gifts. It's not big bags of money. It's large sacrifices that are acknowledged in Scripture. And we, we can't all make large gifts, but we can all make large sacrifices. In closing, I just want to share with you a story from, from my past. Um, the last church I was at, I was there for 22 years. And uh, in order to stay that long, I became bivocational. I worked another job um, in uh, construction and property management. One Sunday, I, I, I tell you that to tell you I was working seven days a week. Every week, seven days a week. One Sunday afternoon, I didn't get my afternoon nap, and I went right over to the church to get ready for the Sunday evening service. I was tired. You ever been really, really tired, but you just got to keep plugging? It was that kind of an afternoon for me. I was in the church by myself, and I was making sure I had songs ready because I, I, I would lead them in Sunday night and singing and, and I was making sure I had my, my message ready and, and I just got to I got to having a pity party. I just wasn't happy. And I started talking to God things like why do I have to do so much? You know what? Half the people aren't even going to show up tonight. I'm tired. I just want to go home, sit in my chair, watch a Chiefs football game, fall asleep. If they're beating the Broncos, I'll stay awake. <laughs> but I was just having a great big pity party. And I don't know if it was a song that I chose to sing that night or if it just the song came to my mind, if it was the Lord put the song on my heart. I don't know, but, but this song came to my mind and I, and I just started weeping. And I just started weeping before the Lord. And, and I just wept for a while. No one was there. No one, no one knew. No one cared. Just me and the Lord. And at the end of my weeping, 
I pulled up my big boy britches. And I had church with those people who showed. The song was entitled Broken and Spilled Out by Steve Green. It's an old song that tells you how long I've been, how long I've been with the Lord. And the line in the song that, that, that got me emotionally was, was this. The lyrics were, In sweet abandon, let me be spilled out and used up for thee. In sweet abandon, let me be spilled out and used up for thee. And when I sang those and when the, when the tears fell from my eyes, I... I, I I meant them just as much as I did that, that evening in, in Tillamook at the altar in 1983 when I, when I prayed and said, God, you want to do something with me? Take my life and do whatever you want with it. I told him he could have everything. I told him he could do whatever he wanted with me, whatever he wanted to make of me. He could have it. And he chose to make me a minister who had a Sunday evening service to do when half of his people were going to show up and he was tired as all get out. And he reminded me, I made a commitment. I knew what it was going to cost. The commitment was real. I give you me. Do whatever you want with me. Use me in whatever way, shape, or form you want to. Use me up if you so choose. I give you all of me. Every once in a while, God just has to remind me. You get going, you get plugging away, you get distracted, you get, uh, you, you, you get your mind in different directions. And every once in a while, he just has to remind me. And he reminded me, Mark, I did something for you. And now I'm doing something with you. And you promised that I could do whatever I wanted with you. Even if that's use you up till there's nothing left. Christian service cannot be on our own terms. Must be on His terms. You must know the cost you must commit yourself. You must hang in there and be willing to pay the price. There are a lot. This, this, this amazes me. Actually, it, it amazes and it, and it blesses me deeply. There are a lot of people who are willing to say, Jesus, whatever you want, whatever you want from me, Whatever it looks like, whatever direction it takes, whatever it costs me, I don't care. 
I know what you have done for me, and I am willing for you to do something with me, whatever that looks like. That amazes me that some people are willing to make that commitment. It doesn't amaze me that I'm willing, but it amazes me that other people are also. That's how this kingdom of God thing works. He does something in us, and then he does something with us or through us towards other people. Maybe, maybe today you're, you're like me and you need to be reminded of that commitment that you made. Maybe you're feeling worn out or distracted. And you want to say, I remember. I remember. Let me be used up for thee. I don't know where you are in your walk. I don't know if this has spoken to you. I don't know if this has spoken only to the, the summer staff. You should have been with us last Sunday night. We had a service. And we, and we stood, and at the end of that service, we stood in two, in two camps. And, and one camp over here said, said I'm, I'm, I'm frazzled. I'm just out there going a thousand miles an hour and I don't know which way is up and I don't see ministry happening and there was another camp that said um, I've been right there in the Lord's work and I bless his name we had church last Sunday I don't know I don't know if this is just for you guys but Christian service costs but the benefit is eternal. I hope it's not. I hope, I hope it's all, all out here. I want, us to, I, I want us to pray. And we're just going to bow our heads and, and, and wherever we are, um, we're just going to pray together. But I, I, I feel that if the Lord has spoken to someone... There is benefit in, in public displays of, of obedience, public displays of, of confession. And so we're going to bow our heads and pray. And if you have been reminded of a commitment you once made to the Lord, that, that maybe, maybe, you know, you, you almost forgot, I want you to stand up in prayer. It's right where you are. You stand up, and I want you to pray with us. If, if you're saying today, um, maybe for the first time, Lord, use me in whatever way you see fit. A commitment without any hesitation or, or restrictions. A commitment that says, God, if you want to use me up, I commit to that, whatever you want. If, if you want to pray one of those specific prayers as I lead us all in a closing prayer, would you just stand up right where you are?
Maybe you've heard some truth about Christian service and you just want to say, yes, Lord, yes. I'm all in for that, no matter what it costs. Um, stand if you want to pray that specific prayer in your life. And we're going to close. Anybody? Thank you. Thank you. Yes. Anybody else? Thank you. I'm all in. No matter what the cost. We'll wait a couple more moments. And then we're going to pray. Jesus, I am all in. No matter what the cost. Father, we thank you for these moments of worship together. We thank you for your holy word. We thank you for these who have, who have stood and in their hearts are praying right now, Jesus, I am all in, whatever the cost. Use me. Do something with me. Do something through me. You've already done something for me. Now do something with my life, Father. Make the world different because of my commitment. And Father, as they're praying right now and saying to you, whatever the cost, I'm willing. Whatever the cost, I'll walk down that path. Not holding anything back of my time, my treasure, my talent. Whatever you ask of me, it's yours. I will give it. Father, thank you for the promise of treasure stored up in heaven. Thank you for the promise of eternal reward. Thank you that you still take our little and do much with it when it's a great sacrifice. Father, add your blessing to these lives. Courage, strength, endurance. Take them. Receive them. Use them. Change the world with them, we pray. In Jesus' name. Pastor Jake is coming. He's got some words for us. Well, after those words from Pastor Mark, I feel that it's necessary that we ask the Golden Bell staff and summer staff and volunteers to join me up here and uh, so that we as a church can pray for them. here at the front, up here on the stage if you want to. And then I'm going to ask some of our church members, some of our people to gather in around them. 
so that we can pray for them as they go through this summer of having a large number of people that they are trying to reach. 500 is a huge, huge number, but it's nothing for God. He can do that. It's all possible for Him. So we pray with me for all of these golden bell workers. Dear Heavenly Father, we come to you this morning just knowing that they have answered the call of Christian service. They've decided to give their life for you. And I pray that you would remind them of that. Continue to instill that in their heart that they would continue to serve you wholeheartedly. Lord, I pray that you would be in the midst of all of the campers this summer, that you, your spirit would just be there, that you would be leading people, that you would be using these golden bell workers to lead people to you. Lord, I pray for, for each of them, that they would have the strength and the ability to continue on even when they're tired and exhausted. But Lord, I pray that they would just take it seriously, that they would lead people to you. Lord, I just pray that you would be in the midst of Golden Bell. And that you would prepare the people that are going to be there this summer, that are going to be worshiping you there, that you would just be in the midst of their services and everything that they do. Lord, I pray that you would just come your spirit would be upon them, that you would just be in the in and around the campground this summer and this year and the years to come, that, that everything that happens there would reflect you and that people would constantly see that you are the one that's guiding that camp, guiding those workers, that they are just so on fire to worship you and to tell people about you. So, Lord, I pray that as they go from this place back into their battlefield, into their mission field, Lord, that you would just hold hold them, that you would give them the energy that they need, the words to say to the kids that they interact with, Lord. So I pray that you would just guide them, that you would lead them to the 500. You already know who they are that's going to make the decision to follow you, a decision to give their life to you, Lord. I pray that you would just prepare the way for them, that when they get to the camp, that they would finally make that decision for you. So, Lord, I pray that you would send these workers back out into the field of Christian service. They would wholeheartedly serve you, and that they would love you with their whole heart. So, Lord, we love you this morning. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you all for being here this morning. I hope it's a great summer for all of you. May God bless you and go in peace. You're just